I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Here we are once again, and uh, uh, I got a crazy story to talk to you guys about. Uh, This is actually based on a conversation that we had. I don't think it's out yet. Larry uh, Parkinson's Larry, a good buddy of ours. (laughs) That's his last name. (laughs) Larry Parkinson's. Larry, who has Parkinson's. Uh, He's our buddy that we met who has Parkinson's, and that's how we know him is through his Parkinson's and his awareness. You know, it's sad. That he does. It's sad because Parkinson's it, Larry. It now sounds like that's how we refer to every guest that's that we not, have on the no, podcast. No, no, it's yeah, like, you know, not. Cancer Kim, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> oh, Cancer God. Kim. I mean, if there was alliteration, it would have been it would have been nicer. Um, but uh, this is uh, a crazy story that that Larry. So Larry told me about this story um, when we did our live show in Vancouver uh, a number of months ago, and the. The really wild thing about the story is that it was covered in invisibilia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So um, the the title of this article is, Her Incredible Sense of Smell is Helping Scientists Find New Ways to Diagnose the Disease. Um, is invisibilia still uh, kicking? Like, does it do... Uh, I don't know. I don't know episodes? if it is. I don't know if it is, actually. I, I remember listening to it when it first uh, launched, which was like... They did a new season maybe? like two years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, 99 and like, what was the 99% Invisible? What am I thinking? That's Roman Mars. Different podcast. Different podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what so, is that? Uh, <laughs> so for most of her life, uh, Joy Milne had a superpower that she was completely unaware of. <laughs> it wasn't until her husband, Les Milne, was uh, just diagnosed with Parkinson's disease that Joy realized she possessed a unique ability. Joy and Les met in high school and fell in love. Les became a doctor and Joy became a nurse. And together, they had three boys and lived a happy life. However, things started to change when Les's smell changed from a lovely male musk scent to a nasty yeast smell. Can you change Les's uh, name for this story? Because... I can't hear his name and and not think about uh, like a name of a guy that owns a, ch- a chain of gyms, like Les. This is the Les Milne Fitness Club, and it just sounds like like. Can you make him Roger? Or sure, something sure, like sure. That? Uh, just we'll, do, for, we'll do Roger. Yeah, because otherwise. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait. Also, I feel like you played a sound from a soundboard earlier, and somebody listening to this show who didn't know what you were doing yeah. might have been really confused about. You what know they what? Heard. I agree. Let's completely disrespect the memory of this man <laughs> and change his name. His name is Les. All right. Um, Can we go with Roger? We go Lee's. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, uh, Lee's was, he had a nice musky smell. What is the smell of musk? 
What is Musk? I always feel like Musk is a scent that people put on. I, mean, I thought like, Musk was like, well, I, I think of Musk as like dank. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like Musk yeah, to yeah. me, like <laughs> Musk is like what, what you smell when you open a crate that has had blankets in it for like a year. No, no. What no, is that's Musk? not Musk. I know that. Um, uh, uh, that is dank. That's man, dank. You can't, you can't a, fucking search up Musk without getting Elon. There's yeah, a, right. There's a cologne that's like uh, like vanilla Musk, and it's I like, think Musk is a is a, is a is I, I I think of Musk as as a, a scent of this is fun. Of I, like I got it an here. older, not an older man, but like the scent of of bygone generations. <laughs> I think of it as like I a really my nose in there and sniffing uh, buttholes. <laughs> wow. I think of Musk. I think of Mu- when it, I, I can't tell you what I what I think Musk is, but I can tell you what I picture when I hear the word. Uh, I think of a um, muskrat. A yeah, dude. Ew, a, yeah, a small dude. body yeah. of water yeah. with some trees growing still out of water? it. Still water? Is it still? It's still water. And there's a cabin, and it there's like there's mm-hmm. the general smell of the atmosphere. Okay. Around there, um, but I, like I almost want to use the word bog, but I feel like <laughs> bog does a disservice to the smell. It's okay. like. Not we that have a bad, very we such, we have such a varied understanding of the yeah. word. So musk is a heavy base note scent that is usually compared with woodsy or earthy smells. Okay, it was All originally right. the name of the odor coming from the male musk deer, which was uh, which which from which it was harvested. Um, huh. So 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 it is a scent like a yes. like a like a yeah. a put like a scent that you would put on. Yes, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Musk, uh, he had a Musk, and it was uh, it was it was a nice Musk, um, but then it turned into a, to a nasty yeast smell. Now yeast, what's that smell like? Yeast. You know what? Loki ha- always has like a, Loki has had a perpetual issue with having like yeast build up between his uh, between his uh, paws, paw, yeah, paw, yeah. paw fingers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and his paws. And um, yeast to me smells like. Like stale Doritos. Smells like a brewery to like, me. Like zesty okay. cheese Doritos, yeah. but with a stale. Um, to me, it smells um between your dog's toes. We got it. Uh no, it's more like vagina bread. Yeah, yeah, vagina yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, which bread. like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm like uh, they yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a brewery for me. Yeah. So uh so Joy couldn't ignore the change and started nagging to uh less to wash more. Wait, but the smell wouldn't go away. Wait, sorry, just to clarify, she noticed that he went from smelling like a woodsy bog swamp to smelling like brewery bread, <laughs> which yeah. she enjoyed. She yeah. enjoyed the bog. Yeah, and she liked bread. the woods, but now she's a little concerned about the vagina bread. Yeah, I'm concerned about his hygiene in general. I mean, hey, look, Les is a doctor. He he, and 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 look, she had he had a nice musk smell before okay, he turned right, into the right, brewery. Right. Uh, so, so the smell wouldn't go away, even though he was washing a bunch. And eventually, Les's personality began to change. Uh, he became moodier and less patient, and their relationship began to suffer. And eventually, Les was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Now, years went by, <clears throat> and Joy and Les attended a support group for people suffering from Parkinson's. And it was there that Joy realized that all the people in the room had that same greasy, musty smell that Les had. Does it say that? She says it does say that. Now that's weird because we 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 just talked about how must smelled good. Now, yeah. but, but now it's a greasy musty. All right, so it's a greasy must. <laughs> I just want to point out it's not funny how he smelled. It's funny the way that it's described. Yeah. Totally, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a funny description. Yep. Intense sniff. <laughs> so, 
How many uh, smell sounds? I got a lot. Have? I got a lot. I don't know what they are. Every time I click them, I, I don't know. What, like, I, you know, like there's so many. How of them, are they I, described I just, on the soundboard? I, I don't. <laughs> okay, so so <laughs> so so Joy went into the support group and she was like, "Holy fuck, dude! All these people in this support group smell nasty. Like they all smell like this nasty smell that Les has had." And so. Joy and Wes uh, went to go see a Parkinson's researcher at the University of Edinburgh named Tilo Kunath, uh, but he initially wasn't interested in Joy's discovery. However, after some research on dogs and their ability to smell cancer, Kunath decided to track down Joy and ask her to come to his lab for a special test. <laughs> Do you think Joy just walked into that doctor's office and was like, yo, have you smelled these motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, probably. <laughs> well, and, to her, it's so obvious. Right. Right. Yeah. And to, to everybody else, to it's, her. it's 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 not. They're going. What are you talking yeah. about? Mm. So Kunath asked one of uh, one group of people who had Parkinson's to wear T-shirts for a night, and Joy was asked to smell the T-shirts and identify which one was worn by those with Parkinson's. And Joy was able to accurately identify all of the T-shirts worn by those with Parkinson's. And this groundbreaking discovery showed that Joy had an incredible sense of smell, and her ability could help scientists find new ways to diagnose the disease of Parkinson's. That's crazy. The The wild really thing so to me wild. though, too, is like, I mean, you guys didn't like when, when we recorded with Larry in person. Yeah. I mean, he didn't smell a particular no, way. No, no, I never noticed anything. Right. So like it's, it's, I mean, anecdotally, this woman just has a crazy sense of smell. Right. Like, is it, I don't sense think of smell alone. in general, or I, is it this specific scent? Like, do you think, you, I think it's a very specific, do you think scent. you smell specific yeah. scents more than like, like some more than others. Well, I don't because I, mm. I like my sense of smell is all fucking out of whack. I mean, like, you're probably more sensitive to certain things for you know one reason or another. I have no idea why, but well, I guess. Do you think you get trained on them too? Like, I mean, I'm less sensitive to your brand of farts now, Taylor, than I was. Okay, I don't know, twenty years ago. Like, it would be like twenty years ago before like we met. When I when I first met you, you had stanky ass farts. They were, yeah, and then they, like I mean, they're nasty. It's kind of like the way the way your own farts, farts you know, have changed. You know when your own fart, yeah, when I you, evolve. I'm, you know, I'm an evolving being. Do, yeah. do you guys get this where you have your own fart stinks and you know it stinks, but it doesn't really gross you out. You know, like it it's sti- you you know that it's a stinky fart, guys. But you're like, yeah. Remember, remember when I didn't fart for a year? That yeah. was crazy. Do you, that do you know the feel, do you know the feel of when you take a shit and you can feel the hot air come up from under your like from between your legs and I, that smell? I had no. that like 15 minutes ago. That is horrific. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like that you can smell the temperature. Oh yeah. Yeah. God. That's so like everybody walking, just dude, everybody dude, just I know everybody's everybody's day just changed. This sounds when you said that this sounds like such a dig to Taylor, but I <laughs> genuinely mean this. Jer, is it not the same as the smell when you walk into the room the morning after? <laughs> That's, what, what is this? What is this? That sound? one's called dog sniff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that actually. That's cute. Um, but like, but but actually, Jared, is no, that what it because everybody, like? you, because you and everybody listening knows that you are lying. You know what? Actually, Musk. When I think of the word Musk now, I really genuinely think of Taylor's the air in yes. the room. Yeah, the, and yeah, Taylor's and bedroom you can, like, after waking where up, where you can cut it with a knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. That's <laughs> Musk. Sniffing my nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so since this discovery, Joy has been working with scientists to try to determine if Parkinson's does indeed have a specific scent, and if so, how this can be used to diagnose the disease. Now, Joy's story is truly remarkable, and her sense of smell is a superpower that is helping researchers find new ways to diagnose the disease. 
And if that's not enough, Joy's journey is filled with humor as well, from her love story with Les to the way she tried to convince him to wash more to her instance, uh, uh, her insistence on seeking medical attention when, when Les started attacking her in his sleep. Uh, there's no s- shortage of humor in Joy's story. We we talked about that with with uh, with Larry as well. Like yeah. like w- like uh, like acting out your dreams <laughs> in your dreams because you have Parkinson's because it it shuts it it turns off the it turns off the mechanism in your brain that makes you paralyzed when you sleep. Mm-hmm. So like you act out your dreams. That's so which cool. is so wild. Right? Guys, how yeah. scary is it? I mean, everybody knows this feeling when you have the um. When you fall, when you fall like off a building or whatever in your dream and you wake up and you wake up in your bed. You know, I, I, mean? yeah. I hate that. You know. Yeah. I've never had Brian, that. You seem I've perplexed. That. You've had never that so experienced much. that. Yeah. No. You've never had the experience of falling and it's waking up in a dream. Dude, so they startling. even used it as one of the yeah. key mechanisms in a, one of the most famous movies of all time. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about? No. Inception, dude. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. I've seen Inception multiple times. I know I, just you have. I wasn't really what you. I wasn't picking up what you were putting down. Holy shit! Is dude. this Hans Zimmer? I actually feel like I'm falling from a building. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, <coughs> Joy is. Uh, you know what this reminded me of is is that um, the, coming back to the dogs thing. I think I talked about this on the podcast, but Bigby had Bigby, my my dog that had passed uh, in August of 2020. He had a brain tumor <clears throat> and um, uh, Bridie, my ex-wife's dog, uh, Rose, who is a German short haired pointer, has an so incredible uh, uh, nose on her. Like, you know, short haired pointers are like they're, they're hunting dogs. They they can sniff things out like crazy. They're really cool to watch. And one day Rose came up to Bigby's head and started like, dude, straight up, like full on sniffing his head. Like, like that hard sniffing, you know, I like, love getting like, my nose in there and sniff. <laughs> like, not quite like that. I mean, it, I mean, you know, the button thing, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to hit. It's hard to, you gotta like that, like yeah. that. You really gotta do it beforehand and really know <laughs> yeah. what you're, so, know where so you're going. She, she would go, she would go up and she would sniff Bigby's head like that. And, um, and I remember saying jokingly, I was like, Oh, she's sniffing the, she's sniffing out the brain tumors. She's sniffing the brain cancer. And then sure enough, Bigby died of brain cancer like the following year. Um, and that's probably exactly what was going on. Which leads us to Joy. I don't think Joy is the only person on the planet who has this. No, I wouldn't say you know, so I at bet all. You she, I bet you she is like of a certain ilk that, that exists on the planet that has this power to be able to smell. Like a magical sickness. lineage. Like, have you ever smelled your own sickness? Or like have you smelled some? Like Kira talks about this a lot. Where like at work, you know, she works at the CVICU. And she says there's a smell, like there's a there's a smell to, to when patients are dying. Well, yeah. Patient death is like it's a not when they are dead and decomposed, but like there is a smell that someone has just, when they are on their deathbed. Just to push back on that a little bit, do you think it could be the smell of like the uneaten shitty lunches and dinners that they're no, given? Because no. like as they're dying, smell. like they yeah. like they like stop eating those. No, you their, know, their like food a bit too. You know, and it's like, it's you, a very like specific. Like, because I would know, go in my, like when my grandfather was in the I don't know in the hospital. Like he was in the the veterans ward of the hospital yeah. um, as he was dying, and he was there for like three years. And we'd go visit him yeah. there like every week or so. And uh, like going in there and smelling that place, there was a very specific totally smell to the place in general. 
which could have been the smell of it's not the smell of it's not the smell common. of old people it's the smell of old people who are Dying. not well like you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. it's it's and and i and i and uh, and not just i'm saying that because it's uh i think that's probably the thing that most people will probably connect with like going to visit your grand your your extremely old grandmother who like you know is the only thing that she can do is like kind of sit sit in a chair and have visitors like that person is that person is doing doing well like in the sense that they can have visitors they they seem like they are you know health maybe healthy in their mind and everything can have visitors and a conversation and everything like that and do something but like physically they are physically they're deteriorating yeah, yeah. and and i think that there's there's a smell to there's that. a smell to that yeah um anyway really interesting we're going to try to get joy on the podcast which i think would be really cool so uh stay tuned for that and uh let's move on uh matt klein on twitter don't know who matt klein is don't know what he does but uh he had a really interesting 10 tweet uh thread about um about pornhub i love Twitter threads. So uh, this is okay. this is super interesting stuff. Let's talk about our interest in sex and porn. Pornhub's global year in review report could be one of the most fascinating and overlooked glimpses into the collective psyche. If we are to understand our, our moment and mind, we've got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. So let's uh, the biggest learnings are exec summary. Bullet number one is the continued rise of reality. Searches for real amateurs homemade grew 310% in the U.S. and 179% worldwide in 2022. Driven by growth of amateur performers, nod to OnlyFans and financial independence, and audience interest in the real. Over the past year, searches with real grew by 42%, 42%, with the most popular searches being real orgasm, real couple, and real massage. Uh, and this interest is driven more by women who view reality porn, which is 37% more than men. Hmm. Number four, on gender, the transgender category grew by 75% to become the seventh most popular category worldwide. Transgender was the number one most viewed category in Brazil, hmm. the third most popular in the U.S. and Italy. Gender role play is also clear. Fendom uh, and female domination grew by 28% over the last year along with the term Amazon position. What is that? <laughs> yeah. um, Amazon position. I want to be a, a financial dominatrix. Is a... Yeah, so do I. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amazon, Amazon position. Dude, Amazon posi- position is looks fun. Look at that. It's a little bit of... It's like, it's like missionary on. on roids. Hold on, um, let me see you got, uh, you got the... Uh, yeah, yeah. You got the... the um, the person with a vagina on top, uh, uh, the the person with a penis on the bottom, and the person with the penis has their knees tucked into their chest, um, with their penis going up, and the up, and uh, the the person with a vagina is kind of straddling over top. You know what it looks like? It looks like it looks you, like a really good stretch. Do you guys ever do the spider swing? Yes, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of looks like the spider swing. The pros of the Amazon position: this uh, it will facilitate eye to eye contact. I like that. And feeling of sexual attunement. Uh, the person on top should also be nicely supported and able to sustain the position. They can vary the stimulation between the clitoral and G-spot too. Additionally, the person on top will have their own hands free to man- manually stimulate their clitoris. Uh, if the person on the bottom has core strength to lift up and grab their partners behind, this position could also be a strong position for multiple orgasms. Uh, but the person on the bottom can also choose to simply lay back and let the top take full control. 
So, um, wait, so why, like, was this more? Oh my god, that blew my eardrums. Uh, was this more Googled? <laughs> was this what more, more searched on uh, Pornhub? Or uh, no, why, why, uh, why did it reference Amazon position? Uh, because also, why is it called that? Um, uh, Femdom and female domination grew 28% over the last year, along with the term Amazon position. So yeah, the term was was searched. Um, as for control, meanwhile, bondage as a category was also increased. Another core theme was outdoors. This is really interesting. Uh, still feeling the confines of the pandemic, we want nature and any place but here. The outdoor category grew 121% to join the top 10 worldwide. I think people uh, just like for travel lot, grew like 32% watching people and camping. Fucking places that they're not... You know, quote unquote. I would say I would say the pandemic had something to do with that. You don't think so? Nah. Oh come on! I don't know. Like I, I don't see it. Uh, that you're like I'm feeling like I'm too much inside, so I want to watch people fuck outside. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like I mean I could see it from like a like a you know like you like the okay wow Uh, like the like like. You know, when you're watching uh, the Apple TV wallpapers come up and like, mm-hmm. Dude, like I want to fuck am- all those places. Dude, amazing, I want to those- fuck those places. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? and so, so many nice like, mountain these- crevices. I want to fuck the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of it in me. Uh, but but I imagine that like, I mean, it's a it's it's nice. Like, I think I think a lot of of YouTube videos and about YouTube videos and set design and the value of like having a really nice backdrop. Yeah, and I think that when people are considering when they're making videos, they're like, "Hey, what? What if the backdrop yeah. was outside? How yeah. cool would that be?" And but so also, like, oh, you touch my ta la la, my ding ding dong. <laughs> you know, like, like if you've ever if you've ever had sex outside, it's like that's that feeling, like, like feeling like you're you're having sex outside, and you're like, I mean, there's so much sky. I'm I'm I'm, I'm feeling like. We're probably fully alone, but also maybe we're not. You know what's really interesting maybe about fucking outside? Watching. I, it, I, I, it makes me, it makes me come so fast because I'm afraid someone's gonna walk up on it. Yeah, okay. there's like, yeah, a, there's like that. a, there's like a, almost like a defense mechanism. We're like, oh, I got, I gotta go. Yeah, sure. Gotta makes, go. I think that makes sense. On consumption, the U.S. has the highest daily traffic. Uh, then comes the U.K., France, Japan, and Mexico. The top twenty country in, in uh, with the world with the longest visit is Egypt, at eleven minutes and twelve minutes. Uh, sorry, eleven minutes and twelve seconds. The quickest is Mexico, eight minutes and forty-five seconds. Nine minutes and fifty-four seconds was the average. So, are we talking like average masturbation time? Average view time, yeah. Which is probably, I mean, strongly correlated to masturbation yeah. time. Uh, more in consumption duration. Females watch six seconds longer than men. Gen Z watches fifty-eight seconds le- less than average. The learning here is that the older you get, the longer you stay. Dude, Alabama ain't became that the truth. Alabama became the longest visiting state with an increase of thirty-six seconds in uh, to eleven minutes and twenty-two seconds. Utah is the shortest, nine minutes fifty-two seconds. Utah is trying to get it out quick. <laughs> Utah feels anxious. Yeah. You know why? Because there's it's a lot of people loud. that are going. Can't be That's here. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 11 p.m. Monday is the main moment. Monday. 11 p.m. Don't do that in your special underwear. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the fringe data. Foot. <laughs> Foot was the most pop fetish related term in 2022. The feet category grew 38%. Um, <laughs> Do you guys uh, see that the video that TikTok that was like <clears throat> about the what is it with like the rise of 
foot fetishes and people being comfortable with feet stuff. Cody Co just literally oh, right. said that. That's what it was. It was yeah. the Cody Co video. Yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what, what was he funny. saying? He's basically like, like why are What's the deal with people, people taking their foot fetish like out into the public? Yeah, like, like, like when, when did we are, when did we become okay with foot fetish? Oh, like like people with feet fe- foot fetishes are feeling more empowered. Yes, yeah, they're just yeah. like they're just taking it out to the streets, you know, like sucking on toes and. In, that's because we're like, in, and that's because of the the age of which of that we're in. We're yeah. in an age of like we're in an age where everybody, no matter what it is that you're into, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, that like it's like no shame. There is no, there's, it's like we're in an age of throwing away shame for whatever. That sounds, whatever it is. I mean, I think that is like my opinion is that that's right. Like people should feel, I would also, I would also tend to agree with you. Are shameless about things that they they shouldn't be. Um, Yes. I, but I, what I would say, because I would, I would tend to agree with you, but I would also say that there's likely unintended consequences to that that we, that are yet to be known. I mean, there's nothing wrong with loving feet. No, 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 no. I'm not. And I'm not saying I'm feet not, in particular. I was thinking about supporting I'm Donald Trump. I'm not like, saying feet in particular. Like I'm saying like any, like anything. Like like if we throw if we throw, um, because you gotta you you would imagine that there is probably some evolutionary benefit to shame. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I'm sure I'm sure a psychologist could tell you that there is some that there is some psychological evolutionary benefit to the feeling of shame. It, it probably has some function for. Um, you know, allowing you to move, maintain relationships, dude, because like, there's probably things that you do that if you don't feel shame about, then you probably rub people the wrong way, which then uh, makes it more difficult to connect. And I think like, and I I think, I, I think you, you learn a lot from feeling shameful for how to move forward into the future. I think the problem lies in feeling shame when you don't deserve to, that's Mm -hmm. probably the biggest issue with shame. Mm -hmm. But, um, but when we throw shame to the wind completely, I bet on on everything. I don't mean sexual things or what. I don't mean anything in, in particular. I just mean like on everything. If we throw it out the window completely, I wouldn't. I don't. Although I don't know what it is, I wouldn't be surprised if it has an unintended consequence that is negative that we don't know about yet. Mm. I agree with you. When it comes to sexual things, I feel like it's a net, and I yeah, think that I you would. also agree with yeah. this. It's a net positive mm-hmm. in general. I agree. Uh, hentai remains the most searched term uh, still of all time. You don't even know. You don't have no idea how long they are either. <laughs> Final point. 18 to 24 year olds viewing porn grew, making up 27% of traffic. Uh, is this because more people are turning 18, which this data can now legally capture, or are we or more young people viewing? Uh, we've got to become, he, he ends this with saying, we've got to become okay acknowledging the elephant in the room. Big porn is big. Kind of interesting, right? Big porn? Big porn. Like big pharma is big. Big porn do they, is big. Do they, by big porn, do they mean like big like big production company porn? Big, no. Versus like, like amateur porn? No, just like the, like the, like the in, porn industry is big. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I, I, I haven't read the book. I would really love to. Uh, uh, is it John Ronson or Ron Johnson? The guy who wrote the guy who wrote Men Who Stare at Goats. I think it's Jan Fonson. I think it's Ron Johnson. It is Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson. So he John wrote, Ronson is uh, he wrote John Ronson. He wrote Men Who Stare at Goats. <laughs> it's just the guy who sounds like Ron Johnson. John Ronson uh, is a uh, <laughs> British journalist. Uh-huh. Oh, well. who's the guy from uh, Parks and Rec? 
Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> who's Swan Ronson? <laughs> yeah. Who is Swan Ronson? Uh, Swan Ronson is uh, is a musical <laughs> it's a, artist. It's a person for sure. So Ron Johnson wrote a book. Well, he wrote men. Who, he wrote Men Who Stare at Goats. Um, you guys are both familiar with Men yes. Who Stare at Goats. Yeah. Um, and CIA baby. Yeah, that was all about um, what's the program? The, the uh, we talked about it with um, uh, MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Um, CIA program with LSD giving LSD to 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 military people and um and people in uh, hospitals he did a um i listened to a podcast years ago that um he was going on he was doing podcasts he was doing the podcast rounds for a book that he was releasing where he kind of like embedded himself for two years within the porn industry like he spent every day of two years in like various pockets of like the porn industry um and uh, he wrote like, this, jo- Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson Swan- did. Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, Ron Johnson. Did. I can't remember what it's called. What the book is called. It probably came out in like 2019, maybe. And it was all about, um, like he he sort of traced the origins of um, like the porn industry and the evolution into like Pornhub and how Pornhub disrupted the um, disrupted the whole industry and and like embedded himself within like production shoots and like just just really like meeting all the girls and the guys and everybody who was involved in everything. And like, it sounded wild. Mm. Like I was fascinated by it. You, I think you would really. Yeah. It. <clears throat> yeah. It sounds really cool. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Um, here, uh, here's a, uh, uh, Kira loves, uh, ins- she has a bunch of like nursing Instagram c- accounts that me accounts that she follows. I thought this was really funny. Uh, this is from a, a nurse's Instagram meme account. It says us vibing with our dementia patient because he thinks we're at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was happening there? It says us vibing with our dementia patient because he thinks that we're at a party, and it's them like in the in the hallway, like at the nurses' station, just vibing. Wait, no, it is John Ronson. It's John Ronson, not Ron Johnson. Great. Who's Swan Ronson? <laughs> um, you know, it's really funny. That reminds me of uh, when when Maddie and I would go visit our friend Julia Orlick's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dad, yeah. Um, who had Alzheimer's, and and like. <laughs> Like I would just, I mean, I think we, I think somebody on, on the podcast once said it, it to us, um, which was like, you know, that the most helpful thing that you can do in those moments is just sort of go along with yeah. the experience that, yeah. that the patient is having and, um, or your loved one is having. And, and so like we would do that with, with, uh, Terry all the time yeah. and like, it was fun. Like, yeah, it was I mean, like, like playing make believe. Like, but it was fun. It was to me it was like also dark Alzheimer's sometimes. and dementia are like, are, it's probably like the se- it, it's the thing that hurts my heart the most when it comes to like illness. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really makes me sad. Like I have a, hard, a really hard time with it. Um, and 
but I see the I see the benefit in the in in like finding the joy that exists within that. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and like, you know, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of laughs at like her, her not recognizing things and like, and you know, like that, like dancing, you know, thinking she's at a party, just like dancing. <laughs> People are like, all right, let's vibe with her. Um, and it made me, it like, it makes me so sad, but also I, I see, I see the, like, I, I can also appreciate that there's like something to that to like make, to find the levity and find the the joy that exists from the experience. Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean like the, it's partly a coping mechanism, partly yeah. helpful for the, the person helpful themselves. For them. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I love, I, I love it. It's it like, it feels like the only bit of niceness. Yeah. In an otherwise like yeah. pretty sad. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's hit this final article, uh, before we wrap up, actually, maybe I got two more because you got a hard out 1250. Yeah. All right, so arthritis drug mimics young blood transfusions to reverse aging in mice. We're getting into adrenochrome here. Uh, You heard right, folks. The future is now. Scientists are now investigating how to make our blood production systems youthful again, and it seems they've made a breakthrough. In a new study, researchers at Columbia University, Cambridge, and UC San Francisco found that an existing arthritis drug can rejuvenate blood stem cells, effectively mimicking the benefits of youthful blood transfusions. Wow. In the past... I think I think the first person who will live for as long as they want is alive today. Well, that's a big statement. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm allowed to say that because I have no country. I have no knowledge or education in this space. I just feel it and there's no there's nothing to that. I just feel yeah. like like at the rate at which uh, I'll put it this way. And you know what? Everything you feel is true to you. <laughs> I'll put it this way. It doesn't that, matter about the I mean, real world. Or to the be facts fair, there's a lot of people hand. who believe in certain religious figures and stuff too, and they don't get shit on. So I, I feel they like do. I'm allowed to get. I'm allowed to believe what I want. Um, but what I what I what I find is not so hard to believe is the idea that the world is changing so quickly now yeah. that it's it feels almost impossible to say that that anything is impossible. Like you can fly. <laughs> <laughs> you can do anything you set your mind to. You can fly. Anyway. Surely you don't mean that you can really fly. No, I do. Go to the top of the building. <laughs> Jump off the building. Dude, Key and Peel is so funny. Um, I just really I just read a um a thing not long ago. It was a it was a um like a really comprehensive study and basically like opinion out of a out of a lab at Stanford that was like, listen, the next generations of people, they're like everybody's gonna live to a hundred. Like a hundred's gonna be the new the new yeah. common age, and that is going to pose so many fucking problems. I mean, we were talking about it with uh well this this episode hasn't wouldn't have been released yet, but we had Iris Gorfinkel on the show. We talked to her yesterday, and um, God, I love that woman. And mm-hmm. and she she talked about like the the the, the how <clears throat> the medical system <clears throat> is made to treat people um, is made to treat like infections and like people who are uh, who are gonna die. She said early, and by early she meant like fifties, sixties. Like that's that's where. That's when people like when we built the medical system, that's when people died and that's what they died of. And now we have a much older population dying of much more diverse things. And our medical system hasn't really evolved to adapt to that. And now it's going to go way further into 
and like the downstream effect, like the, the conversation about the with the population um, demographer from the UN, like what it means to have a population of people that are living to a hundred is yeah. like the the issues that come from that are are endless. Maybe like maybe. <clears throat> I mean, probably, but problems also, that need to be solved. But also, are, are, but, are, are, are many, and which I think is also a really good way to think of it, because I think you should be thinking preemptively about what those problems are. But also, which uh, was this thing from Stanford? It basically was like these are some of the problems. Like here's some of the things that we need to think about. But to, think think about this in, in the same way. Like, do you think though also with that sort of advancements in in technology and treatment? that also some of the problems that exist now, like like take Jer, for example, with cystic fibrosis. You know, he gets trichapta. <laughs> Does he end up being, like, having to be more involved in the medical system as he ages, or is, is trichapta um, making him healthy to the point where he is not really that... Uh, Involved in the health. I think Trichafta is 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 decreasing Jer's reliance on the medical system. I think yeah. totally. And yeah. so, yeah. like my, I guess my question is, is like, as there are more advancements, like we think, well, when people live to be a hundred, there's going to be a lot more people who need, you know, healthcare attention. But like yeah. maybe they don't as much because of the advancements in healthcare. Yeah, maybe. But Jer and lives technology. with a disease that he was born with and that people have been putting their heads together since the day he was born to try yeah. and resolve it. People, you know, you're not like, you're, you're not born with the disease of living to 100. Yeah. Anything, that's, a di- that's a difference. Yeah. Anything is possible. Uh, I mean. Listen to my voice. You are immortal. Okay. Well, obviously we understand that Charlie is super excited right now. Dude, this is no me. Is actually immortal. No. Kids, you can turn yourself into a car and have a friend drive you onto the freeway. Okay. No. Uh, all right. So, so in the past, scientists have found that transfusing blood from young mice into elderly mice led to improved cognitive abilities, increased lifespan, and delayed diseases. But the benefits of transfusions are just temporary fixes. So the new study aimed to find a way to rejuvenate the entire blood production system. The researchers found that as time goes on, the environment in which blood cells exist, the niche, the niche deteriorates and becomes overwhelmed by inflammation, which impairs the blood stem cells. They discovered that one particular inflammatory signal called IL-1B was critical to impairing the blood stem cells, which is already implicated, implicated in other inflammatory conditions. So what, they, uh, what did they do next? The researchers used arthritis drugs called anakinra to block IL-1B in elderly mice and found that the blood stem cells returned to a healthier, youthful state. This improved the function of the blood stem cells and helped regenerate blood cells. Uh, the treatment even worked better when the drug was administered through the mouse's life, not just when they were old. The researchers are hopeful that the clinical testing could happen soon since the drug is already being used in humans, but don't, plan, uh, don't start planning your blood rejuvenation party just yet. It's still early days for the research and results in animal tests don't always translate to humans, but who knows? Maybe in the future we'll be sipping margaritas and singing "I feel good" like the rejuvenated mice in the lab. See now, <clears throat> now although although that will definitely be like if that was the case that we that you know you were able to take a a pharmaceutical product that yeah. that rejuvenated your blood and gave you you know fifteen year old blood whatever that's fucking awesome. That's great, and it will be. And just coming back to the conversation we were having, Brian, before, it's like that will be great. 
and that will definitely have a big impact on the medical healthcare system and healthcare systems across the world and be beneficial, no doubt, for everybody that can take it. Um, but 15 year olds still need to exercise. They yeah. still need to do, they still need to eat well. They yeah. still need to, to make good choices. No doubt. And there's like, and that is probably the biggest burden on the healthcare system. And I'm, I'm pulling this out of my ass. I have no idea. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I would How say are we that, supposed to correct would, you? We I'm, don't talking, know. I'm talking to the audience. I'm talking to the audience. I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> that I think the biggest burden on the healthcare system and probably any any healthcare system of any developed nation is uh, is the choices that people make. And I know that, that that's a loaded thing to say because the choices that people make are impacted by the cho- are impacted by financial things and a whole bunch of a whole fuckload of complicated intersecting issues. Yeah. But like when we don't eat well and we don't exercise. That's a that's that probably has the biggest impact over the arc of a lifetime on. on so the best on, investment on, in health is probably an invest, investment in social programs. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck, dude, it's it 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 seems it's really uh, it's really disheartening to me because when I think about like when I when I think about that, it seems so obvious. But then I also feel like we've done we've done that so much, like try to promote like healthy lifestyle things. Mm. And it's like, man. If we're not even close to getting there, probably going backwards, definitely going backwards in North America. How do you how do you how do you fix that? Yeah. When you've done so much to try and promote it, but it gets worse. I don't know. You just invent a pill for it. Yeah, like the stroke. <clears throat> uh, the exercise pill. <clears throat> the the whatever IVs and stuff you can stick into you to fully rejuvenate your body back to the point when it was 10 years old and then you can restart. Yeah. yeah. Um, well folks, uh, that's it. Bri's got to go. So we got to wrap this up. Uh, thanks yeah. for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. And if you want to support the podcast, go check out the discord link in the show notes, leave a rating and review on mm-hmm. Apple podcasts and leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app. And, uh, let me know about if I was wrong about what I just said about, um, Choices like health choices being the uh, number one um, burden on the uh, arc of the of a person's life in the healthcare system. Letters at sickboypodcast.com or slippity slide into those DMs on Instagram. Um, thank you to the sponsor of this show, Theranos. Uh, huge shout out if you want to <laughs> you want to be able to Liz get Holmes. all the information that you need to build a better future for your life. Um, yeah, you can just do it with a, a simple prick of one drop of blood. Uh, thanks to Rich O'Coin for the theme music and to everybody else who helps us this show, including Jeff Lonis, who we love with all of our hearts. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sickle. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.